Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Emma. Hi, Brittany. So I think one of the biggest problems I see in our world today, and of course we talk about the way the world works, so this is important, um, is that too many people, they don't understand what cause and effect is. And I especially worry mm-hmm. that we're not teaching kids this anymore. So just a brief you know, explanation. Cause and effect is this principle that when you do something, something else happens as a result, which is kind of like, oh my goodness, I'm going to botch this. Newton's, what is it, third law? Is it his third law? <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where when uh, you do something, there's like an equal – Yeah, I, I every no action has an equal and opposite reaction. That's the one. Equal or opposite. <laughs> equal or go. opposite. <laughs> so think of cause and effect that way. That isn't just, you know, for science, it's it's what we do. If we do something, something's going to happen. So, for example, if I push over a glass of milk, it's going to spill and then I'll have to clean it up or somebody will have to clean it up. Hopefully, you will take responsibility and clean up your unspilled <laughs> milk, but who knows. Um, And if I go to bed later than I should, I'll probably wake up more tired than I usually am. So these seem, you know, pretty obvious. When we do something, it always has what we call consequences. Mm -hmm. But this gets ignored literally all the time. People, and of course, especially politicians, because we know that they're not always the smartest, they pretend that they can just do things without consequences, or they flat out ignore the consequences and assume something is just going to work because it's what they believe in. So Mm -hmm. this is so silly when you think about it, because you can't ignore something like cause and effect unless you live in a world without gravity, for example. Let's think about the the cup of milk, right? Mm -hmm. Unless, and you guys probably haven't seen The Matrix, but uh, The Matrix, they they can like float through our, I'm not going to try to explain it. So (laughs) let's just say there's no (laughs) gravity. So if you like flip over a cup of milk or there's no, you know, then the laws of physics don't exist, then the milk will will maybe not spill over. But we don't live in that world, right? There There are objective truths, as you and I have talked about before. So if we spill that milk, it is, or tip that milk, it's going to spill. This is just what happens. And we see this play out in more damaging ways than just, you know, spilling milk. So in fact, the government really loves to protect or pretend that consequences just don't exist. And I thought today, Emma, you and I can go over a couple of these examples. Um, So let's start with one that's important to me, and that's minimum wage. That's a big thing right now. So Mm -hmm. you see a lot of people saying, fight for 15. Let's raise the minimum wage up to $15 an hour. Now, to put this in perspective, when I was entering the workforce, which I'm going to date myself here, I always say at least I'm not as old as Connor, but I'm actually almost as old as Connor, so I can't tease (laughs) him anymore. Um, So when I was 16, it was 2002. And at that time, minimum wage was like seven fifty or eight dollars. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of cities and and states, because cities have a little bit of their own power too. I think Seattle yeah. did their own. Portland. Like Portland, yeah. Both basically the same city if you look at the politics. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fifteen dollars an hour now. So let's think about that. That was a long time ago. I realize that was twenty years ago, which pains me to say, but that's a fifty percent increase. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. So the the reasons people want to raise the minimum wage are noble. They're good. So there are people who just they they don't want people to be poor, right? They want them to have more money. And there's nothing wrong with wishing that. The problem is when people ignore the consequences, the you know, the cause and effect of of what that means. So these people are like, you know what, let's raise minimum wage to $15. That's great, right? But but where does that where does that increase come from? Cuz the government, well, the government shouldn't pay that anyway because that's just coming from us. But when they make these laws, the companies have to do that, right? The companies have to pay. So let's use a fast food. I'm just going to say McDonald's. Um, yeah. 
but I don't think this is this isn't actually what's happening. But let's pretend. So McDonald's raises their minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour. I don't know, Emma. Do you know what it is now? Generally speaking, the national. It's gosh. I don't know because this labor shortage has led to actually a huge increase in wages for yeah. typically minimum wage jobs. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about. So, okay. So so the minimum wage, they raise it to 15 Well, now that money has to come from somewhere. Okay. So now McDonald's has to either raise the prices on their food, which remember they're already doing because of supply chain issues. Emma and I talked mm-hmm. about that before. So there's already other factors raising the price of the goods and services you and I buy. So Maybe they have to raise the prices or of the food, right? And then consumers are are going to lose out on that money because now they're paying more. Or yeah. worse still, they're going to have to fire certain employees because they can't afford to keep everybody on. People assume that businesses are rich and greedy, but they're operating on a budget too, and that's how they're able yeah. to make money. Now, McDonald's is a bigger company, but let's think about maybe a mom and pop store, just you know, a standalone mm-hmm. restaurant. They can't afford to do that. So while this seems like a good idea, let's look at the cause and effect. If you force a company, especially a smaller company, to pay their people more, then co- like prices are going to go up and people are going to lose their job. But politicians, it's funny to me, and ec- even an economist, they just ignore this and they think, yeah. no, 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 but we need to pay people more. So you know what? Like This is the right thing to do. And they completely ignore the cause and effect. So maybe if they were taught better in school or maybe like I think the part that scares me the most, Emma, is what if they're just ignoring cause and effect? Yeah. I think that's what's happening a lot of the time. And I actually have encountered this personally. One of my first jobs, I worked at a coffee shop in Oregon, which, you know, Oregon has its own weird minimum wage stuff. They're always testing out these crazy ideas. Where Portland lives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I got to really experience this. I was 16. I worked at a coffee shop. And part of my job was helping hire people and train them. And Oregon implemented this $15 minimum wage. And I think it was, um, they did like a slow incremental thing from like 12 to 15. And as soon as that happened, we had to do two things. First, we raised all of our prices on our drinks by 25 cents, which, which doesn't seem a like it a lot. Up, yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot, but we had folks that would come through every day and some of them would pay with like exact change because they knew what their drink cost. Every day they would come in and they would pay. And they had to pay more every single day, and they were really unhappy about it. And then also, we had to put a hiring freeze for for a little bit, and we had to stop hiring and and try to figure out ways that we could, you know, navigate it because it's not like these businesses just have endless supplies of money. Nope. And especially if they raise prices, you might actually lose some customers over that. So that was a that was an interesting lesson to learn right off the bat. And it kind of reminds me about what happened with um, with this unemployment being raised and increased so much over the quarantine or the lockdowns even. Um, the government, the federal government, really increased the amount of money that people would receive if they were not working. And yeah. it's it's had some really bad effects on the labor economy because now there are a lot of places where not working and just getting unemployment pays more than a job. Yep. And I have a friend, again, in, in the same you know small town I grew up in outside of Portland, and she has a little deli bagel shop type thing. And it's a small town. There aren't a lot of people there. And it's, it's already kind of tough to find employees, like steady employees in that small of an area. But it's gotten even tougher because the unemployment pays more. And, and she's actually had people leave and say, I could get paid more to not work here, which is crazy. It's so crazy. And then people get upset because they're like, why is my food taking so long? Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just another example of 
when the government tries to test out these wacky ideas without actually thinking through the cause and effect, you know, we're going to learn really quickly what the effects are going to be. And we're going to experience that even in our daily lives. So it's there. There's endless examples of this. You're absolutely right. And what's funny to me about what you mentioned, too, is everywhere in D.C., I don't know about where you live, but I'm seeing help wanted, especially outside of restaurants, because a lot of people, you know, stopped working at restaurants when things closed down. And they can't fill. This is like the first time where we have so many open jobs that people just won't fill. Yeah. And that is really, really scary to me because you, mm-hmm. you just got to wonder like usually it's, oh, we, you know, we have high unemployment. We need we need jobs. But now we have jobs and no one to fill them. So yeah. on that note, because all these kind of tied together and we're talking specifically about the economy on this episode, not not just right now, like there's so many other reasons. But mm-hmm. so a, one thing that I think of is during the pandemic, the you know economy was forced to shut down. What I mean by that is, you know, theaters had to close and restaurants had to close because of government mandates, not because they wanted to. Now, if a restaurant or a theater or whatever wanted to close, I think that would have been fine if that was their mm-hmm. personal choice. But they didn't have a choice, right? We went on lockdown and we went on lockdown very quickly so people couldn't really prepare for it. I remember getting my hair cut for the first time after after the quarantine had lifted a little bit was like the best thing ever because you don't yeah. realize these little things like that you, <laughs> that you miss yeah. out on. But what's funny to me is now we're having supply chain issues. Now we're, the economy is not doing super great. But the the government doesn't say like, oops, you know, maybe we shouldn't have shut down everything. Oops, maybe we should have let, you know, businesses decide if they wanted to do that. So it's this cause and effect again where they they completely shut down the economy and didn't think through that maybe this was going to have really negative consequences for for the not just a business because a lot of businesses weren't able to reopen. But yeah. now the entire economy is struggling. So it's really scary to me when when these cause and effect, you know, Emma and I are sitting here talking about it and we can understand, but yeah. the government and economists can't. No. And yeah, and you talk about the lockdowns too. Another personal example that I saw. So I used to live in, in Arlington, D.C. area where, Brittany, you are. And um, in Clarendon area, there was a dry cleaner that Cabot and I, my husband and I would take our clothes to. And she was telling us about how all of these businesses in her area, it's a lot of like big offices and software companies and stuff like that. And a lot of those companies, as soon as the lockdown started, just went remote. And a lot of people were like, well, this is great. People can just work remotely. They're still employed. They still have jobs. But what happens to all of the small businesses in that area that rely on people being in the office and rely on people coming into work when you just pull the rug out from under them and suddenly shut down the economy, what do you know? People aren't bringing in their dry cleaning. People aren't picking up coffee in the morning or they aren't getting lunch at these little small pizza shops and stuff at lunchtime. And, you know, obviously there are market consequences and market corrections sometimes when demand goes down, but that should be something that happens naturally from from consumers changing their minds and, and it should be a gradual, slow thing so that people can adjust. But when the government just comes in and does it on behalf of the entire economy, it's so wrong because all of those people just lost their livelihoods. Their their business goes way down. It makes it way harder for them to stay alive. And even then, too, um, her name was Jen. She was complaining to me, I think rightfully so, about how the government was picking and choosing who got these bailouts. And she's like, American Airlines gets billions of dollars, but I only get you know these little crumbs in comparison. And it's it's pretty crazy to me that the government just did that out of nowhere with absolutely zero regard for what would happen. And I mean, it's not even like it's just the economy either. Like this happens with foreign wars. We go get involved overseas in other countries affairs and 
what do you know? It causes blowback. It causes uh, people in other countries to hate America. And it's not like I'm saying they have every reason to hate America, but it's it's a lack of thinking through the consequences of our actions. And America is a very powerful country. The things that we choose to do are very meaningful and have a lot of ripple effects and side effects. So uh, yeah, it's it's there's a real lack of thinking through cause and effect, not just on a personal level, but all the way up to the government. And it's scary because the things that we do as a country are are very powerful. I think you're absolutely right. And I think, I, you know, we could talk about this all day long, but I think I think we can end it here. So, Emma, do you have any closing thoughts? Nope. Uh, think through cause and effect, guys. That's my that's what we'll we'll leave you guys with and maybe try to think of some ways that you can identify uh, government not thinking through cause and effect in your life. And let us know if you think of any, because we would be very curious to hear about it. But we'll wrap it up there, guys. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.